Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. Hey leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job. Because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries, opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjansen at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. Today, I share my interview with the AAA Indianapolis Indians. Once a month, this team brings in a speaker over Zoom to share their story with the front office and ask some pretty important questions. What an awesome idea to expose your team to views outside your organization. Take a nod from the Indians and think about uh, starting a program like this of your very own. So what you'll hear today is a bit about my background, an overview of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and my thoughts on stereotyping of women in the workplace and how we often receive negative titling when in leadership roles, i.e. a woman might be called witchy for being direct and assertive, while a man may just be called boss in this situation. So stay tuned and, and listen up. Um, but on that note, I wanted to talk a bit more about the conversation in this episode about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and in that it is not the easiest topic to talk about for many of us because we are afraid, or at least I can be afraid, of tripping over myself in my interpretations, definitions, or scope of the discussion. Yes, I'm a woman in sports, but that only represents one underrepresented population in the sports world, and there are so many more. It can be uncomfortable to talk about populations to which you don't belong, but if we don't talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, there is no progress. You may never know the difference one conversation can make. We have to have these sometimes uncomfortable conversations, trip on our own toes, say the wrong things, because... That's how we make progress. We have to listen with an open mind and assume positive intent. If you can ever offer more to the conversation, please do. Please speak up. It's in those moments of speaking up where we can make real change. I was able to use part of the presentation from Major League Baseball 
and the work we are doing together with the 120 PDL clubs in minor league baseball to describe exactly what diversity, equity, and inclusion are and where in baseball we think we can make a difference. There is so much work for us to do, and I'm proud to be part of a committee to make that happen. So for the quote for this episode, found this one online. Unfortunately, there was no person's name to credit it to and lots of different versions of the quote. This is not original to me, but it is very important to state. Diversity is nothing without inclusion. What good is a seat at the table when no one offers you a plate? Looking forward to sharing this conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Leadership is female. Let's go. Um, want to say a big warm welcome to Emily. We are so excited to be virtually with you this morning. Um, I did some math and Spies and I were just talking a little bit earlier. This is 8.30 in the morning, I think, for Emily, and it's a, a soft 11.30 for us. So very grateful to have the uh, the 8.30 version and energy. So thank you so much for your time. Um, wanted to share with this group that when Hayden was so kind to facilitate an introduction between us and Emily, um, she had shared that she tries to do something like this um, in her professional and personal world at least once a week. So wanted to share that we are a part of um, her, her graciousness and sharing her insight. So uh, again, a huge thank you for that. But excited to get started. I'll formally introduce Emily. She was, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of these stats, Emily, happy to, to, to edit those as you see fit. Uh, she was named GM of Reno Aces in 2018. Um, she's a University of Illinois alum, and as a Chicago native, I couldn't help but acknowledge that, very excited about that. Uh, and she has uh, some expertise in corporate sponsorship before her, um, her experience as a GM. So wanted to give you all a background, but without further ado, Emily would love to open it up for a first question and just telling us um, about your career. Talk us through your journey and how you ended up in the position you have now. Sure. So first of all, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for asking me and including me. We have a couple of teams on our watch list and you guys are one of them. Um, so it's an honor to be here this morning. So want to start off by answering question number one. So talking um, you through my journey to, to this role and the way that I describe it is a nonlinear path. I didn't set out to be a minor league GM. I didn't even start my career in baseball. I started my career in the NBA with the Chicago Bulls after attending the University of Illinois as an advertising major and working in many of the different facets of advertising, um, including radio and promotions and agency work. And I had two job offers on the table uh, at graduation. One was to work for an agency in Chicago and the other was to take an internship at minimum wage for nine months with the Chicago Bulls where I would learn tickets and group sales. And I turned down full-time job uh, with salary and benefits to take the leap into sports. Um, and I know my story is not unique. A lot of you have taken a leap of faith um, to pursue your passion of working in the sports industry. Uh, nine months later, I finished at the top of my class in group sales, um, but I didn't earn a full-time job. And my career started off with, with a bang of success and then a, a ping of failure. And what that failure allowed me to do was, um, was take a pivot and understand what I might want to do next. And I was really interested in nonprofit work. And 
lo and behold, um, I got a position with the Muscular Dystrophy Association in Chicago. And what they needed was someone to sell partnerships, build partnerships, build partnerships with their sports teams and raise a ton of money. And um, there's a lot of, uh, of synergies between that type of work and, and what I do today. And it really taught me the foundations of, of partnership. Um, after that, I, I worked in marketing. I did a lot of uh, different things before I landed in Reno. And when I landed in Reno, I had about eight years experience. And the only job available with the ACES was, was an account executive in corporate partnerships. And I thought, oh, man, you know, I really feel like I've, I've already had a director title. I'm going to take an AE role. And I told myself, all right, you're going to accept this job, but you're going to earn the title that you want. So two and a half years later, I was vice president of corporate partnerships running the department. And I got that title because I met my goals. I met the goals of the department. I exceeded them and earned the position. And the message in that is, you know, sometimes when you start a new position, they don't know you from the next guy or, or girl, and you've got to prove yourself. And sometimes you have to bet on yourself that you're going to be able to do the work, let your work speak for itself and earn the role that you want. Um, made it to that VP role. And then um, I, I married and my husband got a, a great opportunity in Houston, Texas. And so we, we moved and got the chance to do some incredible work in Houston for Harris County Houston Sports Authority. I worked on Super Bowl, a world corporate games, um, a national uh, televised sports show, um, some partnerships with Houston Methodist. That's the, um, the official healthcare provider for the Texans um, and every other uh, pro team in Houston. Did a lot of cool stuff, but the one thing that I did was I kept in touch with the Aces. So I checked in quarterly, um, talked to them about what I was working on, shared partnership ideas from some of the work I was doing in Houston, and we just kept this really great relationship up over those two years. And so the GM role came up in the spring of 2018. It was posted um, online. I didn't even see it. Um, the, the president went through a bunch of interviews, you know, thought he had found some people he might want. Things didn't work out. And he just one day walked into the office and said, I know who I want to have this job. I just need to figure out how to get her to move back. And that's when I got the call. And the message in my story is really about my motto. It's be so good, they won't forget you. At the end of the day, your work will speak for itself. And in this case, uh, the work that I had done for the team um, led, led me to receive an incredible job offer to come back to Reno and, and take the reins as general manager here. Wonderful. And knowing all of those, those different twists and turns that that journey took you on as a GM, what a question, but what does it take to be one? What have you found is, is really crucial in becoming a general manager? Sure. Um, so I think number one is curiosity. I think that is just an, a key, key um, piece of being a, a great leader is being curious about the business, your people, um, and how you can improve. And then to piggyback on that is definitely a willingness to learn and to keep learning. Um, I, I despise the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm exactly the opposite of that. It's, is that working? 
let's test it, show me the data, and um, let's see if we can, we can enhance that. Uh, leadership skills, and then also confidence. Um, and to speak really quickly on confidence, that is not something that you're born with. I couldn't even call to order a pizza when I was in high school. I was so shy. I could perform on the sports field, but I could not do that one-to-one, -one, you know, personal, make phone calls. And um, I realized when I got to college that in order to achieve the goals that I wanted to reach, I was going to need to break out of my shell and, uh, and get better in those areas. And it's taken a long time. Confidence is built over time, um, but I'm here to tell you that you can do it. Well, I know there are a handful of staff members on our team that have senior leadership as a career goal and aspiration. Um, are there resources or mentors that you have really appreciated and have, have helped you uh, get to where you're at at this point? Um, absolutely. I think um, your success is, has a lot to do with the people that you surround yourself with. I think that's very, very important um, that you grab role models and that you grab mentors and that you keep learning. So between the book recommendations that people give you, take those seriously. Read those books. Listen to those podcasts. That's free information that someone is producing for you. You have a 15-minute commute. That's 30 minutes a day compounded over a year. How much more could you learn? How much better could you get if you took that time, advantage of that time to, to listen and learn more? Regarding mentors and, and role models, you get out of that as much as you put in. So it's not a taking situation where it's a constant brain picking session for you. You're giving as much to them as they are to you. I can tell you, as a senior leader, I want to know just as much from my younger staff as they want to know from me because it's going to help me to be a better manager if I can understand what's important to them, what are their career goals, what are they missing, and how can they better help the company. So don't think that you can't add value when you have a conversation with a senior leader. They should be just as curious about what you're up to as you are about them. That's great. Thank you. Moving to the DEI space, you were recently named as a member of the minor league committee for DEI initiatives. Would love to hear kind of what those committee initiatives are and what you all are working on at that level. Sure. So this is so, so important. Um, so I'm going to really dig in here. I've got some information that, that I want to share with you. And I'm so uh, fortunate to have been selected to be a part of this committee Michelle Meyership, Chief People Officer of MLB, um, is an incredible woman and leader, and I'm so looking forward to learning more from her and the rest of, of the people on the committee. And during our first meeting, one of the things she told us, because she hasn't been with MLB, uh, I don't know, nearly a year yet, and so her first couple of months on the job, she spent time with every team talking to every owner. And the first question was, why does this matter? You know, as somebody who's running a business, you want to know how does that impact my bottom line? And I've got one stat that I'm going to share first, and then I'm going to go into uh, why diversity, equity, and inclusion matters. So um, I've got this study from the Corn Ferry Institute that states that companies found that with gender and or culturally diverse executive teams, they were 21 to 35% percent 
more likely to outperform their competition. Another study showed that diverse teams made superior decisions up to 87% of the time, twice as fast, and with half the number of meetings. Who wouldn't love half the number of meetings? I mean, that stat alone is a, is a huge winner. So it, it matters. And uh, Michelle provided so much more data um, on this topic as well, including our changing population, um, the multi multicultural markets and their buying power. I think we've gotten a lot of this information through our, our efforts in Copa de la Diversión, but uh, multicultural consumers, it's over 4 trillion with Latinx, 1.5 trillion um, with, uh, with multicultural customers, uh, 1.3 trillion with black, um, blacks and 1 trillion with Asian. That's how much money is available in these markets if we're engaging everybody and thinking about every type of, of population and consumer. Regarding innovation, a diverse and inclusive workforce drives a 59% increase in creativity, innovation and openness, and a 38% better assessment of consumer demand. Because again, you're populating your own workforce with the people that you are, are marketing to that can represent all of those ideas. How is that not going to help your business? Performance, gender and ethically diverse organizations outperform their peers by 25 to 36% respectively. And regarding brand, 45% of Latinx customers and 42% of black consumers expect the brands they buy to support social issues and are more likely to buy a brand when they do. So, I mean, the proof is in the data. I think that's at, at the end of the day, we, we look to the data to guide us forward and um, it's clear that it matters. The second piece that we really uh, talked about uh, in the CE&I initiative, what is it? What is diversity, equity, and inclusion? Each of these terms means um, three very different things. Diversity is about the variety of unique experiences, qualities, and characteristics we all possess. Shows up in two ways, visibly and um, also invisibly. So it can encompass disability, religion, gender, identity, sexual orientation, and other characteristics. Equity. Equity is made possible in an environment built on respect, focused on systems, processes, and practices. It is the, um, the opportunity to share and participate, eliminate barriers, reframe conversations that are fair treatment for everyone. And then inclusion. Diversity is a reality, inclusion is a choice. So I'll say that again, diversity is a reality, inclusion is a choice, because inclusion refers to the behaviors and social norms that ensure people feel like they belong. And that is up to each and every one of us. So regarding the plan um, with MLB and all of us um, and, and these PDL clubs, what are we gonna do next? There's sort of five pillars, and then from that come three action, action pathways. First, we've got to assess, right? You can't make any plan before you understand um, the direction that you're trying to go. So we've got to assess the current state to determine what's working and what areas of opportunity exist to drive impact. Then after that assessment is completed, you have to define a clear and concise vision and mission. Then we've got to drive that mission 
with clear accountability for all of us across our leagues. Then we've got to align and create consistency across critical policies and practices. And finally, enhance the current operating model to drive DEI initiatives and ensure coordination for maximum impact. And as I mentioned, there's three ways where we can really make this big impact that we're trying to achieve. People, we believe our success is tied to the diversity of our talent and our own ability to empower our diversity of perspective through inclusive leadership. Culture, we're committed to empowering our leaders to lead and engage inclusively and to engaging all of our employees as participants in advancing DEI. And finally, community. We are committed to supporting and advancing DEI efforts within our local communities as well as with our external partners and suppliers. So those three areas, people, culture, community, with the people we've got to attract and recruit, we've got to develop and retain, um, and we have to advance those diverse individuals into leadership positions. Regarding culture, we need leader accountability, we need active employee participation, and we need awareness and education. And finally, in the community, that's our fans, diverse suppliers, and community partners. So we've got a lot of work to do in front of us. However, it is very, very meaningful work. And with great leadership, um, all of us are, are going to benefit. And uh, it's going to be an incredible uh, opportunity to diversify our front offices and strengthen our businesses. That's wonderful. Thank you for that overview, because my next natural question was, how can we be champions for those? And you gave us a, a wonderful outline with action steps into how we can integrate those activities into our jobs and our departments. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Leadership is Female. It's June, and we've got three big things going on on the podcast. First, calling all interns. We have four eight-week internships available in social media, website development, PR, and content. Are you interested? These are resume-boosting, learning, and networking opportunities for you. Check out our Instagram for details. Number two, the Young Leaders Series is coming up in July. This four-part series has one spot available by nomination. Have someone who works for you who is a star? Email us at leadershipisfemale.com to nominate. And three, all new email subscribers in the month of June will be entered to win a high-performance planner, and one lucky winner will be chosen at the end of the month. If you have not subscribed, head to leadershipisfemale.com and subscribe today. Throughout this season of Leadership is Female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder, too, and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the Association for People Who Work in Professional Sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, marketing, human resources, and analytics, the Assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. 
Uh, moving into women in sports, we are so proud of the women that we have on staff and, and the talent that they bring to the table to further the Indians brand and our work here in Indianapolis. What tips or insight can you provide to the women on staff who are working towards senior leadership positions that want to make their way up the corporate ladder, manage teams, and, and gain that leadership experience? Sure. Um, one of my favorite questions. I think um, anybody who knows me or follows along with my story, obviously very engaged in DEI efforts, but I really, really love to speak to and empower women and um, do that on a weekly basis through my podcast leadership as female. The, the main thing first, I, I think in, in the root of, of where this all came from and where my voice really started to amplify was in the visibility piece. No, for women to know that you are not alone in the, the goals that you want to achieve. And there are many women that have blazed and are blazing trails before you who are willing to connect and give you the tips and the stories and the hurdles and explain to you how they did it. And hopefully you can glean some information on how you can apply that to your own, own life. Um, so listen, open your eyes, connect with women, be a part of these groups um, of people who want to uh, help you to get to the next level and to really level up in your career. And then in terms of what you should do today to get better tomorrow, there's a lot of things. You know, the first thing is to participate and raise your hand, speak up and take a seat at the table. Um, I, I see time and time again, women and men, so guys, this message is for you too, who wait in the back of the room with their shoulders against the wall and the table fills up with everybody else at the meeting and you're left without a seat. Why do you do that to yourself? If you were invited to the meeting, your voice is valuable, take a seat at the table and be ready to participate. So that's the second piece. If you're invited to a meeting, show up prepared. There is a certain percentage of people who don't even know what the next thing is on their calendar. If you are the one who shows up with the plan and something meaningful to contribute, there's a good chance that they're going to run with your idea. Um, I would say the next piece is to continue to build your networks. So there's plenty of, of people who want to help you. They want to extend a hand back and help lead you forward. Don't be shy in making that connection. I mentioned earlier when I was talking about how much leaders also can gain from speaking with, with more junior staff. And so know that you add value. And I think that also circles back to that confidence piece. It's not something that um, you're born with. You know, I'll give you as many free passes as you need for your confidence to waver, but just start to practice day after day, dressing up, showing up, doing your best and letting your work speak for itself. And that's going to help carry you forward in your career. And then finally, raise your hand. We're not all in our dream role. And there's things even when you're in your dream role that you don't want to do. Trust me. Raise your hand for the areas where you want to get better, where you have a curiosity. Finish your core work and then say, hey, I've got a little bit more bandwidth. I'm really interested in learning about content or community or that event space. Can I, do you need any help on that project? Lend a hand and know that everything you do 
that you learn something from, like take that bullet point, extract that bullet point, see how it applies to your resume, your skill set, and also advice that you can give to other people. And then I keep saying finally, but I have one more tip because one of my, um, I was actually on a, a call earlier uh, last week that was about why don't women sing their own praises? Why don't we stand up and say, like, look at what I did. Women are really great team supporters, which is incredible that you support the people around you and sing their praises, but you can't lose yourself in that celebration because you had a contribution too. And in order to move your career forward, you have to be able to articulate the contributions that you specifically made. So I think a good way to start doing that is forcing yourself to post on LinkedIn, forcing yourself to have 20 seconds of courage, hit that publish button. And what I'm asking you to post is something you did great with information that anyone who read your post can learn something from. So let's say you have a super successful a single game on ticket launch and you were part of the team to plan that or you led that, you know, instead of met our goals for single game ticket launch period, you know, graphic, it's met our goals for single game ticket launch. Here's how we did it. One, two, three, four key bullets. Then you're engaging the reader. You're um, displaying the knowledge that you've got and um, you're helping move somebody else forward. And trust me, people notice. You don't need to get, you know, over a hundred likes on a post to have it had been seen um, because it'll be viewed. Uh, it, it lives forever. So sometime down the line. So think about what you're saying about yourself and don't wait for somebody else to do it for you. That's great. Thank you. And in that same vein of, of women in sports and leadership, um, we have a handful of mothers that are a part of our staff, either new mothers or kids who are a little bit older. Um, talk to us about your journey in becoming a mom and how our staff can support our mothers as they navigate the work-life balance and, and support them in the professional environment that we are cultivating here at the Indians. Yeah. Um, so every mother and family is is unique and different. So I can speak to to my experience. Um, and, you know, you don't have to take uh, what I did and do it exactly. Um, but I hope that what you do gain from that is visibility that you can do it too. Um, and you should be able to do it too. Um, so I've got uh, a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and I'm actually having um, a baby at the end of next month. So have another one um, coming along the way. Some people say, Emily, not great timing for baseball, um, that I'll be out for part of the season. But for me, there's, no, there's never a bad time to add to your family. And I think that has to be the, mind, the first mindset, the most important mindset. Your work is always going to be there. Your family, if that's the most important thing to you, don't let anything stand in your way from making that happen. So that's going to be my, my first message is there's always going to be another game, another project, another thing that you have to do. But if you want to build a family, if you want to have kids, it's a blip on the radar. So if we go, go back, my first son, um, who's turning seven in September, I was pregnant with him um, during an ACEs season. So every homestand, you know, me and the baby were growing bigger. And I had him a couple of weeks after, uh, after the season ended. 
And some people say, wow, that's great timing during the off season, but all of us know how much time and work we put in during the off season to prepare for the next year. So what I had decided to do at that time in my life was I took two weeks off and then I made arrangements with, with the president of our company to work from home 20 hours a week for the next 12 weeks, which took me through the Christmas holiday. And I was selling corporate partnerships at the time. So I had really measurable outcomes and I held myself accountable to those outcomes with weekly reporting to him. But I also had a lot of help from the office. If I set a meeting, I needed somebody else to go on it because I had a brand new baby. So there's a, there's a couple of lessons in there. One, there's a lot of ways to do time off of work or maternity leave. And the way to make it successful is communication with your boss. That is number one. If I had fallen off the face of the earth and didn't talk to him for weeks, it would have never have been successful. And I held myself personally accountable to the goals that I had set. Um, I was about six weeks in when I sold my first partnership. And it's one of the greatest moments that I've had being a working mom is having a newborn and closing a big deal because it, it showed that I could do it. If I can do it, you can do it too. I came back off of that maternity leave and walked right into a promotion that morning and a raise because the company was so impressed that I had done what I had said I was going to do. I stuck to the plan. I communicated. I reached my goals and they thought, well, dang, if this if this woman can be home and, and be honest with us and communicate with us and stick to what she said she's going to do, she's going to be great for the company. So that was round one. Um, similar with my second, I took a very, very short time off and, and worked. And, um, and now round three, this is my, my last baby. And I've decided I'm going to take maternity leave. So this is the first time in my um, motherhood career that I'm going to take actual time off an out of office message on my computer. And um, you know what? I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad at all. You guys all know this is a totally stressful time for all of us, especially coming back after missing last season, navigating the pandemic, like all the stuff we have to do. There's not enough time in the day for any of it. And I will tell you, I am working my tail off to get to the due date of this baby for my team to be prepared and to do all the work I need to do so that I can take that time off because I've realized one thing, you know, family is the most important thing. My job will be there at the end of this. This is a blip on the radar, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is you decide to take. That is such a short time in your life. And so if you decide to take that time for yourself and for your family, do it and know that there are so many other women who will support you and, and rally around you for that. And, and so will the guys and guys, we need your voices too, as our allies to support us, to cheer for us. You know, we make pretty good contributions. So um, you want us to be your allies and your friends and colleagues too. So that's what I've got to say about motherhood. So hopefully some of those things resonated with you. Uh, if you have any additional questions or want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation about that, I'll make myself available to you because I know it's a challenging time thinking about your career and growing your, your home team uh, inside your, your own home.
Thank you so much for sharing that. That is so powerful. And I, I can imagine that our, that means a lot to the women and men on our staff on uh, varying degrees as they have families themselves and are beginning that journey um, on their end as well. That is the noon mark, as I mentioned at the top. Want to open up for 15 minutes um, for any of the staff here on the call to ask questions directly to Emily. It can be, obviously, but any of the topics we've, uh, we've discussed, so would open up the floor to anyone to ask a question for Emily. Hi, I have a question. Uh, my name is Casey. I'm also on the DEI committee. Um, there's often a double standard, especially with um, women leaders uh, when it comes to how they're described. So a strong woman leader might be described as uh, aggressive or witchy and a man might be described as strong-willed and powerful. So do you ever feel um, extra pressure in how you present yourself in public and how, or even at work in how, again, so you're not so you're kind of working against that double standard. Is there some extra pressure there? Yeah, um, that's a great point, Casey, and it's totally true. I've been called a lot of things. Demanding is usually at the top of the list. And you know what? I, there was a time when it really bothered me, um, and now I just I, I embrace that in order to be a great leader, you've got to demand excellence from your staff and I do it to make them better. And so that's what I know in my core. And so that helps me to stick to the, the type of leader that I wanna be. I think over time, having these discussions, raising that point, talking about the double standard and the way that a, a male versus a female leader might be presented or the adjectives that are used to describe that person the more we talk about it and create visibility about the disparity, the better off we're going to be in the future. You know, I want to be called just powerful or, you know, some of the other terms that you described, I don't want to be called witchy or, um, you know, that I was unfair, treating somebody unfair when somebody who looks different than me could have made the same uh, proclamation and have been viewed a different way. So I think we keep talking about it, um, but I think as a woman, don't back down. You know, you, you know what you're doing, have confidence in that. And also, you know, know that when you are demanding or giving direction or, or asking for something from your staff, you're doing it for a reason because it needs to get done for the business and they're going to be better off personally when they finished it. So it might feel like, Oh, she, you know, she lays out too much for me to do, but don't forget that at the end of the day, that person should feel accomplished when they uh, create excellent performance. That's great. Thank you. Um, a huge congratulations to you and your family for adding. I, I bet I would echo all of our same sentiments here. So enjoy that time with your family. So excited that you get to enjoy that. Um, and then a, a huge good luck as you explore your new version of an opening day. I think you guys are just two days after ours. So please extend our well wishes to your staff uh, on a healthy, safe, and exciting opening day. I'm sure your community is just as eager to get back into those stands as ours are. So uh, thank you all as the staff for joining. Emily, I'll be sure to send you the recording here, but again, huge thank you for your time, your insight, and for sharing your experiences. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to the show if you have not done so already, because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag leadership is female on your Instagram stories, 
to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today, because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.